everybody welcome to the notes Magoats podcast i am brandon and i'm steve and steve what it's a it's a wednesday yeah like we just dropped an album yesterday we did we definitely did and we dropping one today yep and one on friday yeah it's like christmas but not it not is like, like well it's, well, it's, it's for christmas some of, for some people today i was gonna say for some of our friends today is christmas there are, uh, there's a lot of green trees happening so yeah right <laughs> So uh, same thing, right? Pretty much. I I don't know. I've only Neither done do it I. once. I've only done it once in my life, and it well, was a bad that. experience. You had a bad experience. <laughs> my job is very 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 upset if I would do it. Once, oh, I was so. in co- I was in college. It was probably it was almost like 10, 12 years ago. Good news. So, You're not yeah, going to get sure. random tomorrow. Right. No. Nope. So uh, Steve, I probably will. Steve, who what? are we talking to, and what are we talking about today? Well, we figured a Wednesday in April. Um, and be it the day that it is, we decided that we can't do this one alone because we we don't know as Brandon and Steve are not experts on this topic, and that topic is the top five porn tracks out there. <laughs> no, Jared's like you guys are assholes. <laughs> you guys are assholes. <laughs> I've been trying. No, no, guys. Today is, oh, is April twentieth, um, hey. which, which is a national. Well, at least Michigan-based <laughs> holiday. It's a, it's a holiday in certain states. Michigan, um, Colorado. There you like go. Thir- there's a bunch of them now. There's yeah. a lot. I got there are I got a lot number. now. Um, so we called in one of our resident experts on all things <laughs> 420-ish, and we actually pitched this to him that way, and he was just like, I'm in. <laughs> so we yeah, kind of figured I'm, out. I'm happy to be back up today, guys. Yeah. So we are talking to Jared Driesinga. Now, you've heard this voice before on our yeah. podcast. You look back last year, every right week, around guys. the same time of go, yeah. he did Rod Hot Chili Peppers with us. You also yep. hear him, yeah, two times a week, yeah, uh, like well, two four times, times each, four, four, four times, times a week. A week. Yeah. This guy not only did our theme song, which is an absolute uh, banger, but he also is the creator of the Wang. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when you hear the person saying Wang about fifteen to twenty <laughs> times in like a 20, 15 second period, that's yeah. Jer. Yeah, that is. Um, he got paid to do that, and is a professional. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's a professional Wang singer, and I'm pretty sure that was the most fun he ever had in his life. Getting paid to make Dude. music, he's just like, yeah. I can say Ooh. this over and over again. Okay. Right. It's funny uh, when you know I asked you, Jer, you know, to to put something to something together. I was like, you know, keep it short, you know, whatever. And you're like, yeah. Hopefully, it's all right. I just got rocking, man. It's like 18 <laughs> seconds long. I was like, it's fine. It's awesome. It's, it's great. perfect. Yeah. And he kept it short just for you. And we Brandon. get compliments a lot. So we do. Hey, that yeah. is that true? Is that true? It, it, honestly, for sure, yeah. dude. We've got a yeah. couple of friends and other podcasts that be reaching out to you shortly about about helping out with some stuff. We've been pushing you out there to other podcast friends. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Across the country, that you may be spreading spreading the Jer brand yeah. to other podcasts. Hey. So. I'm I also think I'm just going to have you do our other game theme song, too. Eventually. So, Let know. me know. I'm glad people like our Wang. <laughs> you know, that's very kind. It is very <laughs> Our collective Wang. Just the our, one. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's our collective Wang, for sure. I like it. I like it. Like the Royal so, Wee. The Royal Wee, yes. <laughs> it is the Royal Wang. The Royal Wee Wee. <laughs> oh, wow. This hey. podcast got off really great. Brandon's already uh, blushing. Um, I am Jared, blushing. so... Yeah. 
not to mention it's, it's, it is a, a, a personal holiday of yours. Um, what are we talking about today? Man, we are talking about Black Sabbath and we are talking about Master of Reality. Oh, my goodness. Yes, we are. Now, yeah. when we asked you about today's episode, we said, give us an album that may not be it's widely known as kind of a 420 anthem or something that hits the culture really well, but maybe not super, super duper popular. And you were like, thought about it for a little while. And you're like, I got one. Now, what's about this one that kind of like sparked your interest on this topic? I mean, it, it did take me a while. Weirdly, I don't know why it took me a little bit to like hit this one. Cause I think I was thinking too, you know, I was thinking like uh, Afro, like the generic stuff, you know, yep, like sure. the, the real yeah. obvious go-tos. And this yes. might be, for some people, I think this is an obvious go-to, but I was, I was thinking more a little little more novelty at first. Because you think stoner songs, you might think the lighthearted novelty kind of stuff, yes. you know, just the silly things. Right. Uh, and so I ended up thinking of one of my favorite records when I finally landed on something, and it makes perfect sense to me because the way this record opens is just, mm. first of all, with one of my favorite stoner anthems, and it opens with Tony Iommi coughing from hitting a huge blunt. So, like, you can't it beat worked. that. If we're talking yes. about 420, that's 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 the way to do it. You know? Yes, Absolutely. it is exactly yeah. how it opens. And that, like that's kicking perfect. the doors down, you know? And to, I, to honest truth, I had heard Sweet Leaf before, and I never put, I never really put one and one together. I was just like, what? Wait, and I listened to it again, and I'm like, ah, now I get it. It's, it's like a, a love song to pop. Yeah, there's, there's been... Yeah, there's been a couple of songs I realized what they were about recently that I was unaware. One of them is uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood's Re- Relax. Oh, it's man. not about exercising. <laughs> Just going to leave it right there, guys. That song, not I got about a hunch. exercising. I have a few theories myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's dirty. Um, it was, was a lot of songs like places. that in the 80s, man. The 80s were full of dirty songs. They were rough. <laughs> that one yeah. song was played in the radio, and I'm like, wait a sec, you can't talk about... Wow, you're doing it. You're going for it. All right. My kids are singing. And I'm like, stop singing that song. Oh, that's so good. They were they were digging on Sweet Leaf in the car, though, so it's okay. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, now, Black Sabbath, guys, there's a little a little bit of history on these guys, just a touch um, of history on them. So they're English rock heavy metal group from England. Um, they, they are listed as the pioneers of heavy metal. Unquestionable. They're like number one. This is where everything started. It built from here. Absolutely. Um, active from 1968 to 2006. And then again from 2011 to 2017. Now, originally band members, which didn't stay original for very long. Um, Ozzy Osbourne. Um, you know him from that old grandpa drunk guy running around in the Osbournes. Sharon. Um, Sharon. <laughs> uh, Tommy Iommi. Geezer, Tony Iommi, Tony Tommy Iommi on guitar, Geezer Butler on bass. Why do we name more kids Geezer? I don't I do not know. Geezer's um, a great name. It's a great name. And then Geezer Bill Butler, yeah. Geezer Butler, that guy just it's it just it yeah. strips respect to that guy. Damn his straight. his elementary school career was not hard at all. And then oh. Bill <laughs> Ward think about on that. drums. Um, yes. Now, I thought this was kind of funny. Um, previous iterations of this group were actually their first their first uh, name was the Polka Took Blues Band. And then nice. they called themselves Earth for a little while. Earth. Yeah. Earth. Yeah. They've settled on Black Sabbath in 1969. I'm pretty sure that was a good settle. They, they figured a good <laughs> one out there. Yeah. <laughs> Can't imagine Ozzy following a polka band, but hell, it might happen. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't band, know. 
I don't know oh, if they sorry. would have gone polka. I think it yeah, would have been, that... the, been the right. ox, it's the oxymoronic. It would have been oxymoronic, definitely. For sure. Like they over they got really, really fucking <laughs> right. high and overthought you know, that they shit. Pro- you know, they get booked at like a nursing home and then all of a sudden they just like rock it out. Like kill their mic. Yeah, that was awesome. right. I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna interject there. Yeah, they I don't think they polka was ever in, in you know in, in their mind. I think that uh uh, they were I don't know where that polka part in the name came from, but I think blues was kind of always the thing. And then when they got landed on the name Black Sabbath, that all kind of everything kind of culminated at once. And they kind of figured out who they were like all at, well, they wrote the song Black Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, and then they were and it was like an evil song. I don't know. I don't know if this is my part to talk yet. Oh, go Do ahead. It. Go. No, you, like, you can talk you, whatever you, you want. You just sparked a little uh, thought in me here because like so the Black Sabbath thing. Yeah. Earth, you know, that was the kind of what they were kicking around with. Actually, what happened was there was another um, English band called Earth. And yep. so some bigwigs showed up at one of their gigs and were like, hey, yeah, nah. And so they're like, oh. OK, got to do something different. Yeah. Can't um, do that one. Actually, what happened was a bunch of old people showed up and were expecting a different kind of music. And they're like, why aren't you playing your normal stuff? <laughs> and they're like, uh, oh. what do you mean normal stuff? And so, yeah, there was some confusion. So what right. happened was they used to practice across the street from a movie theater. Right. Mm-hmm. And so Tony Iommi just had this epiphany that basically in, it's the catalyst of heavy metal. He goes, he goes, you know, people are paying to go in and out of this movie theater all day to get scared. He's like, why don't we write scary music? And then that's oh. heavy metal, man. All of a sudden it happens. They write the song Black Sabbath. They throw in that flat fifth that gives it that real evil oh, sound yeah. on that main progression. And all of a sudden they have their whole kind of like layout and kind of the structure of what Sabbath is going to be starting with that song. And boom. Yeah, they really yeah. went after the the occult yeah. and like the horror inspired lyrics. And then those the down tune yeah. guitars, the really thick guitar sound like they just went after it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it seems he- like every British band like almost every British band, especially in that time frame, started with the blues and then built from there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. every British band you hear about the Stones, the Beatles, the Who, everybody were like blues. Zeppelin, then, hey, yeah. Everybody yeah. went from the blues and then there they all kind of copied the the Southern blues and then went from that that route was it was huge in England. It is real interesting. Than it was in the US. Yeah, it's real interesting with those like Birmingham bands and stuff being in, in, so influenced by Southern American blues, you know, mm-hmm. It's 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 I mean especially in the in the sixties and like the well, Southern 60s. North American blues sorry let me Southern North American <laughs> yeah our South American friends you know that come you know on what I meant. Yeah. but I mean yeah I I mean the the deep South like it's just like go. that the Mississippi Delta blues yeah. is yeah. huge there and yeah. it was bigger there than it was here in the U S and it they just took off and went with it and it it spawned I mean shit a ton of bands For um, sure. that no just kind of came out of there now. <laughs> just a little bit more so i did say the band uh, changed uh uh personnel quite frequently uh, on 79 they actually fired ozzy due to his overzealous drug drug use that was the actual quote overzealous drug use nice. not he didn't go too much he was just maybe a little bit too into it <laughs> a little bit um, overzealous that's good zealous um that's a nice word they, for it they actually yeah. replaced him with ronnie james dio hey. uh, good old holy diver rest in peace rest in peace dio yeah. um now Brandon, how many albums do you think the bands actually sold? They've had nine. They've had nineteen albums. How many? How many do you think they sold? Oh, you're gonna ask me. Don't ask me. I am gonna ask you. <laughs> I'm gonna Google it. Two fifteen million. Not that many. A hundred million. You're closer. Okay, hundred million. Jerry, are you gonna go over or under? Well, I just Google it. 
Oh. <laughs> what do you got? I wasn't going to let, you know, last time I felt so dumb because I feel like I don't know how to guess albums. So like, I guess I don't pay attention to that. So it's like, is it, is it 3000 or is it 40? Like, I don't know that, right. you know, I don't, I don't know where to set the number. I obviously, I know it's not 3000, yes. but I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to, I'm going to be the cheater here and say, what I'm looking at, it says 70 million. Is that what you're yes. looking at? Over yeah. 70 million. Yeah. The last time that was recorded was back in uh, 2013. So that's probably over that now. It's probably closer to maybe 80 million. Sure. Now, I was a little overzealous with my first You were a little guess, overzealous. So. <laughs> but in that time frame, they've had 32 tours. That's crazy. They've yeah. 30, not to mention they played Ozfest in, in the late 90s and the early 2000s every oh, year. Oh, I forgot about that. Ozfest, Ozfest yeah. Epic. That's where they came back. Like a lot, and they brought Ozzy yeah. back for a lot of that. Yeah. They brought him back a few times when he was clean ish. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That was a big time resurgence for him, for sure. Clean-ish. We'll just go with that because we don't think yeah. he's actually clean. That's a good um, So kind of all time with these guys, they've actually ranked number 85 for the greatest artist of all time by Rolling Stone. Out of, I think out of 500, they were 85. They were the greatest metal band of all time by MTV. Uh, UK Music Hall of Fame in 2005. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2016, uh, 2006. So just after. Um, two Grammy wins uh, for both uh, heavy metal music best heavy metal there um and then did receive the lifetime achievement grammy in 2019 okay now we mentioned black sabbath started in 1968 with these older bands i wanted to look up something just to kind of spotify monthly listens this man is averaging nine million monthly spotify listens that's crazy that's awesome. still yeah 40 some years later right like 50 years later they're yes. averaging Ooh. 9 million listens of a month on Spotify. It's timeless stuff. I mean, you have it fans. And it's, you, I, I think I've grown in my appreciation of it too. I'm going to get into that a little bit later, but yeah, like how sure. I've listened to it. It's, it, it was a lot different than what I remember. Now, Master of Reality released July 21st, 1971. It was their third uh, studio album. So 71. So that means. None of us were born yet. And uh, right. eight tracks, 35 minutes long. Like I said, perfect, perfect length. It's a, It was a record. So it was four tracks on each side. Um, classified as sludge metal, stoner metal, and doom metal, which I think is the best metal ever. I love all of those terms. Doom metal. Yeah. Um, it did peak at number five in the UK music charts and number eight on Billboard. And it was kind of funny, like a couple other albums we've done recently this year, it was actually negatively received by by critics, but now is actually considered uh, one of the best metal albums of all time. <laughs> Anything that new, you know, it's not the critics aren't going to know what to do with it. You know, yeah, they, don't have they any, shit right? on it. There's they no frame of reference. Right. And then about it took about five years for them to start kind of coming around. And then it's just yep. been like slowly building within the fan base. And it's just now it's considered probably one of the best, if not the best metal album of all time. Kind of how sure. it came out here. This one did sell 2 million copies, or over 2 million copies. Two other things about it. Now, um, Smashing Pumpkins lead singer Billy Corgan actually credits this album with spawning grunge. Hmm. He said that that this album is responsible for giving us grunge music. So I've actually not heard that quote from Billy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, Billy Corgan, kind of an expert there, but he said that 100%. the grunge scene kind of spawned off of this album and the sound that it came from this one really spawned the grunge sound, yeah, which I can dope. kind of see too. Yeah, um, yeah, that's and then cool. as Jared mentioned before, the album opens up with Tommy Iommi uh, coughing quite uh, Let me chime in here. Go ahead. I have to, because I'm going to get slayed if I don't say this. Tony Go. Iommi. Tony Iommi. I say, 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 say Tommy. 
Tommy. Oh, so it is Tommy, Tony. So Tommy Bahama kicks off the album. <laughs> <laughs> it is Tony. I keep screwing it up. No, no worries. But I had to. I just had no, to. No, no. Go do for it. That's why you correct me. I can feel it in my heart, bro. <laughs> You're the expert. I think you corrected me already once on it. I had written it wrong. Not He did. It's fine, Fosty. Completely how I wrote this. I wrote this at work earlier today. Not all of it because I couldn't I couldn't do some of the research at work. I'd have gotten in trouble. Right. Because um, they had, yeah, I definitely would have been random drug test tomorrow. Um, <laughs> now that they, he did, so Tony Iommi is coughing to start this album off, and it's because he was actually recording some acoustic tracks for the album. And our overzealous drug user Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> pops in with a very large joint and says, "Here you go." There you go. Takes a hit off of it, and the coughing that you hear was actually recorded while he was supposed to be recording acoustic tracks, and the producer was just like, "I like it." Let's use that That's while, while, while opening the album for Sweet Leaf. So, which definitely works, like you said. It only had one single, though, guys, which I thought was very interesting because I thought Sweet Leaf would have been the single. And it wasn't. It was Children of the Grave. Mm-hmm. That is a banger right there. Oh, dude, so good. Now, Brandon. Yeah. We're going to go to you. Okay. What was your favorite track, dude? Oh, we're getting right into it. Holy we're shit. We're getting right into it. Oh, man. <laughs> we're just jumping right in. I want to see what Brandon says. Man, I'm a I'm a sucker for amazing musicianship and the use of unique instruments. Okay. So I chose Solitude as my favorite. Ooh, wow. Now, I could have easily chosen this track as my deep cut, but this song alone to me has the most unique sound, tempo and vibe that is pretty vastly different from a lot of the rest of this album. Um, you know, the, a lot of the other songs on this album have that same you know, rock, hard rock vibe to it. And although um, they weren't underwhelming songs, those tracks were just, a, you know, what was it expected when I heard this album? And sure. I, I, for this one, Solitude, I just want nothing more than to share this track and tell everybody to go listen to it. So that's why I made sure that it was, was my favorite. So Solitude for me was, was my favorite track. So. If I can add on to the absolutely the, man, if I can add on to solitude there, I just I think that one is uh like I want to just I like like what you're saying about the fact that this was one of the ones that was kind of maybe a less expected here, yeah, uh, compared to the you know the heavy the rock riffs and all that the real riffy stuff. Um, this one always kind of gives me like this like hippy dippy moody blues kind of thing. Yeah, me like a moody blues kind of place. Um, uh, so yeah, and it's also like you hear a different side of Ozzy's voice, like this more tender, soft, sweet kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, which I, I think is like really unique. And a lot of people wouldn't expect, like you know, a lot of people, especially people who just don't know Black Sabbath that well, might not ever think they would have a track like this. Right. And um, you were also you guys were speaking on the the acoustic, uh, you know, Tony digging into that acoustic stuff and smoking weed to like kind of get in the zone for it or whatever. Um, this is actually, I believe, the first album with acoustic Black Sabbath songs. Um, so that's yes. pretty cool, you know. Um, but that Solitude one, yeah, it, it, that's. I think that's a great choice because this is such, uh, I guess at this point in the game for them, a departure, you know. It yeah. caught me by surprise because there was like very little percussion. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and they it, do it, have great rhythm <clears throat> section stuff. So. so it came out, it came out of like nowhere for me because all of a sudden you, you leave Lord of this World and like all of a sudden it just like it like the vibe just goes way low i can yeah. see it 
and it was me i was just like what's going on where's the drums like right the bass wasn't wasn't as forefront in there but it was a lot more acoustic guitar a lot more guitar riff in there yeah and it was i i didn't mind it but it was like i was confused the first time i heard it because i thought like because it dropped the, even the volume of the album just drops down because mm. i mean i listened to the the remastered version on spotify which is remastered yeah. in 2014 but even then it's, it's taken off of the off the record so you're still getting some of those those volume drops which is right. something I kind of like about those old records, you know? Yes, and you, you're definitely how it was recorded <clears throat> and you're trying to figure it out. But I was just like, I had to turn it up, which is, yeah. which can be, um, you're like playing on the edge with some of these albums because you start turning this up too loud, you're going to get your eardrums blown out by something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like something uh-huh. obviously yeah. is going to kick and you're going to be, what the hell was that? But that one just kind of like stayed right in its, in its zone. I, I, I didn't mind it. Jerry, yeah, what was sure. your favorite track out of the eight? What was your favorite? <laughs> Ooh. Man, this, hard, is a, this is a really tough one for me because um, I've just like loved this album for a long time and I kind of like them all equally. I kind of I might go, man, it's tough. something something makes me want to say uh, I, I feel like this is maybe an unexpected choice as well. But I, for some reason, I keep wanting to say after forever when I think of this record as a favorite. I think it's partially because, again, on like the the um, the theme of them kind of stepping out of their box or maybe doing stuff that maybe uh, people who don't listen to Black Sabbath that much or haven't dug that deep, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's, it's just the, guy, the kind of stuff you wouldn't expect. And now, now with this one, I'm not talking about necessarily the vibe, although it does have like some more like majory feeling moments. Like there's like these, these bouncy moments that almost give me Beatles vibes in this one at, at, a, at a few, at a few mm-hmm. spots. But really what I'm referring to though, as far as like what catches you maybe off guard a little bit is the lyrical themes of this track. And uh, and a couple of the tracks on here kind of kind of uh, go along with this one, too. But it's it's kind of saying, like, you got to give yourself, you know, you got to um, uh, give your heart to God before you die or, or you know, before it's too late kind of thing. That's the whole theme of the track. And, you know, yeah. so many people think of Sabbath as a satanic band or whatever, you know, into witchcraft or yada, yada, yada. But if you listen to a record like this you, very quickly, you can get the sense that that is not at all what they're about. There's real like again back to like the hippie stuff there's, there's like some really flower child type lyrics on here but they're just matched with these like hard gritty riffs and like these dark sounds but if you really read these lyrics the, the whole every lyric to this song is about you know how god is the only way to love this all that all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and that's and i'm not i, I mean that's you know right. we don't have to speak about religion that's not necessarily for everyone but right. i think it's yeah. just yeah uh, uh just like I was saying, the not not necessarily what you'd expect. You might expect the exact opposite of that, you know, if you're not a Sabbath listener. So I yeah, think that's I really like, cool. Absolutely. I feel like when you say Black Sabbath around certain people, especially our older crowd, they automatically think of, you know, Ozzy biting the head off the bat and being yeah crazy. But yeah, lyrically, a lot of songs in this album are very complex and deep mm-hmm. and not deep as you would think they are. But I think, like you said, that new guitar sound that people weren't really used to is what drawing them into kind of taking those those lyric lyrics and hearing a bit of them and just kind of going the other way with it and be like ah they, they worship the devil and ozzy's just like fuck you i do yeah it's a cool juxtap- buy more albums it's a cool juxtaposition here yeah they kind of yeah the imagery and stuff can lead you to think one thing but if you dig into it uh there's there's more depth to it and yeah that juxtaposition of the heavy evil sounding riffs with like these positive like uh, like we got to like take care of the, like a lot of the lyrics on this record are we got to take care of the world. We got to be better mm-hmm. people. We got to spread love. Like Absolutely. that's a huge portion of the themes here. Like then there's a few that kind of go outside of that, which would be like 
Sweet Leaf, for example, where it's just yeah. a, a love letter to weed. Solitude, where that's basically sounds like some kind of breakup song or yeah, uh, maybe missing a friend or just maybe just being alone and just missing people in general. But um, those are those two are like the only ones that really depart from like that. Uh, I think those are the only two that really depart from like this, just spreading love and being a better person and trying to like spread positivity into the world. And, and that's so not maybe what people would expect from Sabbath. I just love that. I'm going to say that over and over because oh, yeah. I think this yeah, record yeah, just man. epitomizes that kind of thing, you know, that, that uh, those lyrical themes are just, well, you know, catch you off guard. And it came Absolutely. out, it came out, you know, after the the sixties, you know, it came out in 71. So like you kind of got that whole third and then the period of the sixties kind of rolling in it's early seventies. So it's still Vietnam. Yeah, but there's still some stuff kind of going on and that, that hippie movement is still pushing through. It's still getting there. So I feel like it's it was right in the time frame, but it just sounds so much different. The people just kind of have their own misconceptions about it. But, so, uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. It's, it's so interesting to read the lyrics on it and kind of yeah. figure it out from there, because some of the stuff you can't understand Ozzy on some of the tracks either. You're just like, what is he saying? Right. Up to read some stuff. Yeah, that's the one I remember hearing this one, like, uh, you know, riding back and forth to high school and stuff back in the day and thinking, man, this is the one if my mom ever tries to give me shit, this is the one I can show her and be like, listen, to the, like he's, you know, he's calling out sinners basically in this track. So it's pretty dope. There you go. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, match with all that heavy riffery. I love it. I love it. Right. So I actually went chalk on this one. My favorite track got? was was Children of the Grave. Yeah. OK, awesome. awesome. It was between this and Sweet Leaf. Um, and it was mostly musically. I loved Children of the Grave and the music on this one was a little bit, a little bit, I felt better than Sweet Leaf only for a couple different reasons. The drums on this track are so well mixed and mm-hmm. how they're recorded. You could actually hear every hit. There's something really cool about the drums on this one. There's like, uh, I'm pretty sure what they did, because you can tell it's, I mean, maybe not everyone could tell, but um, there's like a, two drum parts going on so there's like yes there's like uh the main just drum part the that they kit, put, yep. they, yeah the main kit and then they added in some toms like yeah, all through it there's that, just some random toms in there that just you can hear every single hit though almost a tribal thing yeah and they, yeah. And they pan all around you know in the stereo mix and uh mm-hmm. i've heard i've heard i've heard mixed things on it though i was actually looking up some reviews and some you know and some forums and stuff as we were uh preparing for this and uh I saw some people like thought that was like clustering up the track or kind of just getting in the way of things. And I think it's a cool texture and just gives you something different. Yeah. So I, I feel I, like I, it, it, brought, it. it brought a new, just a new layer to it. And then that yeah. with that baseline, that's just so thick throughout the track. Oh, it's man. just so good. Right. It leads it off and then just runs and it. it I'm a sucker for a, for a good bass and drums like that, that, that rhythm section. I love it. And like this it. one just caught me and I, the, every single time I listen to it, I can, I'm listening to the drums and I can, I feel like I'm closing my eyes and I'm standing behind the drummer and I can see him just going after it and hitting it every single time. And then the remastering version of this one, I like it a little personally because I can, I can hear Ozzy's vocals so clear coming through here. Like it was done mm-hmm. intently to not gum it up and actually like get him to like go super clear on this track. And I don't know what it was that, the difference on how he was done, but he just sounds brighter here. Yeah, I can um, see that. Then some of the other that. tracks, like his vocals and Ozzy's a, Ozzy's a mixed bag. Sometimes you never know what you're going to get with him. Um, you know, different tracks that you get, you, you'll hear every single yeah. word he says and other ones you'll hear like every fifth word and you have to kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. But 
this one, they kind of mixed him so well that he was just so bright and he was forefronted, which he's not the star of this band. I mean, he kind of ended up being at the end of it, not in this time. The band is the star and Ozzy's just out there. Sure. Ooh, that's a bold statement. That's a bold statement. I, I, I mean, I'll get to it <laughs> here going into it a little further, but yeah. So Brandon, we're going to play our first game, right? We are, oh, guys. The Collective Wang is coming it's out. It's time for the Collective Wang. Wang, let's play Wang. Let's play Wang. What association and game. Wang, what association and game. Wang, Wang. All right, guys. Yeah. So I've got two, which... You don't have to scroll a lot. It's not one of those albums that has, you know, a ton of, you know, tracks. I so. love this kind of album. I'm, I'm a big fan of this kind of album. Yeah. All right. So, again, I've got two. You tell me the track name by my clue. Here's the first one. At least they aren't from the corn. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Children of the grave, Brandon. It's it children is of the children grave. of the grave. But guys, at least they aren't from the corn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, next one. I was actually really proud of that one. That yeah, I'm, was- glad, <laughs> I'm glad you're happy with that one. I, I <laughs> that was a good one. I let, Yeah, okay. Next one. Bitter tree. <laughs> I like these. That's clearly sweet leaf. It clearly is sweet leaf. Absolutely. Well, technically, you really only have, I mean, to, to tell you the truth. And now for the next game, you only got four tracks to pick from the school. You don't have lyrics. I know. I know. And so it's it literally when I was coming up with these games, you know, because for Shatner's Poetry Slam, I pick other two other tracks. And so I'm like, what do I do? Which ones do I, you know, whatever. So we'll get we'll get there. I love later. it. Yeah, love we'll get that. there later. But for now, guys, let's talk about our least favorite tracks. So. Jer, let's start with you, man. Did you did you have a least favorite track on this album? I think you know I hate this question. I know you, you hate do. this question. I think I, I hated it last time, probably too. Uh, you did. You definitely did. <laughs> uh, man, that's the worst. I guess. Well, I mean, one, one thing that I always say too. Otherwise, if you can't yeah. think of that, it's what's the most skippable track for you? Yeah, I, that's kind of maybe where I was going to go. Like, yeah. I think I guess it would possibly be easy to say Embryo, but I cannot imagine Children of the Grave without MB, Embryo as the intro. Like, to me, that just makes perfect sense. It, something about, I've always heard it that way, you know? Okay. So that for me, that's those, those, those are like a, a pairing. Sure. It's like, so I guess I'm, I would, I might go with Orchid, which is kind of like a little classical vibey acoustic yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And I think it, you know, it's not, there's no lyrics or anything. It's re- quite short. Um, yeah. I think it's only like a minute and a half or something. Minute and a half. It is. Yep. yep. Um, so yeah, that one, I, if I'm going to pick a skipper, that's probably the most forgettable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve, I'm going to jump in with my least because it kind of goes Jer off of what you were talking about. Yeah. I actually did pick embryo as okay my, yeah I, my I can least. see it but it's funny you said that you know you like how it kind of leads into children of the grave and i personally i was listening to it and i i didn't think that it did i didn't sure. think i didn't think that it either helped lead into it or i <sighs> didn't think that the you know the track before it that it let out i thought that it was just a random 28 28 seconds that was just there so it's kind of interesting how you know two two people who listen to the exact same thing have 
two different, you know, their, their, their lens and scope on it is, is I, different, but you know, it's, I mean, it's super cool though. I, I think, we, but at the same time, I didn't mention that one right, you know, right away. Cause I right. can see why people would say that track makes mm-hmm. sense to me. I think yep. it's just the fact that I've, you know, I have such a uh, relationship with this album yeah, and for whatever whatever reason it is, like those two tracks have kind of become connected in my brain, you know. For sure, for sure. Which makes sense. Which which definitely makes sense. Right. Uh, I'm with Brandon. Mine was Embryo, and it was either Embryo Orchid for me as well. It was one sure. of those two. Yeah, I could see um, that. That's pretty obvious. And I, I was I would say like, and it was only because, and if I think to your credit, Jer, if Embryo hadn't had ended abruptly and it was just kind of funneled right into Children of the Grave, yes. It would have been different, but because there's the end and there's a there's definitely the pause before Children of the Grave sure. starts. Mm-hmm. Then it's not I'm a like, long. It's not a long no, pause. It's only it's, it's only long enough. Four seconds. It's, it's long enough where you're just like what? But and to the two yeah. of those tracks to have an and I, I get it. It was a different time period. Eight track album. You got a record going out, but to put out an eight track an eight track album and two of them be instrumentals. It takes it takes massive balls to do that for one. Yeah, um, it it's kind of the vibe move. you're going with. Per, but with the two tracks looking at them specifically i preferred the more melodic uh playing acoustic playing in orchid because i felt like it was kind of a come down like you're just kind of like a reset almost yeah yeah and you get into solitude too which is kind of another reset before you get into the void but embryo for me was just like a ramp up and then children of the grave comes in and you're just like which way are we going which way are we going so I, I just like, and it was only 28 seconds long, which is why I was like, yeah, was it necessary? Meh. It, I mean, yes, it gives you that same vibe and it does have those hard guitar riffs, but yeah, it was, it was one of those things. Like if there hadn't been that buffer in the middle, in the middle between the two songs and it just flowed right in, which I think it actually did on the UK pressing, I think the, oh. the, the US pressing. Cause there's, there's two or three different pressings of this album that came out in different the tracks sure. are different different spots oh. um i think in the uk pressing this actually does does track together or either that one or orchid tracks into one of them as well like it, it they mush them together and it's actually okay. like an eight minute long track instead of like a five and a something or a interesting so the the uk pressing is a little bit different but this one actually did get pressed two or three times in between the 70s and 80s where they changed it up a little bit mm-hmm. but had they have kind of press those two together i think it would have been different for me i still think i've children of the grave would have been my, would have been my favorite track even with that opening i don't think yeah. it took anything away from that track i just was like sure okay well hey it sounded like like you're at a show and like mid-show the guitar player is just like fuck you guys i'm gonna play something really quick like i'm gonna just rock out really <laughs> fast here like the guitar player all of a sudden has a hair as a hair up his ass and he's like i need to get this out of my system and just starts going <laughs> after it and he's done like 30 seconds later the crowd's just like yeah, and the other band of the band are like, "What the fuck did you just do? Like, why were you even doing that?" But it sounded cool, so sure. I guess. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't I, really. Oh, I was just gonna say I don't really know the story behind why Embryo ended up on the record, but it does feel like something that almost is just like a warm up that Tony maybe would would have done at practice all the time or something, and then they why yeah. they throw it on the record. I can kind of see what your argument there for sure. I've been um, to so many shows cool that, band, is, that guitar just... players just do that, and it's funny because it's like, I've been, like you're like in your secu- you're in the security, and like you're in the pit, and you like turn around and watch the guitar player, and you're like, what the hell are you doing? Right. Like, we're like mid, you're like mid set. Like I can see the set list. What the shit is that's not on the set list? Like I know your set list. <laughs> right. And like the rest of the band is like looking at him, like 
Yeah, it's an indulgent you moment, right? You're, done, you're right. done now? Okay, good. You got it out of you. Let's go. Let's move along here. Well, and if you think about it, an, an actual embryo is very small, and this one is hey. only 28 seconds. So there you we know, go. maybe they maybe they're, I don't know. I don't know. And the leading the children to the grave does kind of like stylistically, if you're going lyrically, kind of work its way in there. It, so Right. Well, and then I, too, for me, I was thinking, okay, well, maybe embryo and orchid kind of had like a vibe to it that they were kind of, oh, sure. you know, that maybe there was some symbolism there with either title, uh, like the the titling of the tracks. I I, I was just trying to figure it out. Nothing. Yeah. Sure, sure. It's not I like it was bad. Nothing though. was done. Yeah, nothing was done with like everything has some thought behind it. Like there's like yeah. there's like sub meanings behind all of this stuff even the yeah. instrumentals and it'd be, it'd be interesting to kind of hear what the meaning was behind those two tracks. And I'm sure it's out there. So you know, we can there. figure that out. I'll, let me just buzz Ozzy in right now. I'm just kidding. Yeah, let's get Ozzy going here. <laughs> if he will remember. You better get, you if better he get knew how to zoom. Yeah, he would. Have yeah. Been. Uh, I, do, I do think it's clear to see though, that, I mean, we got those three different kind of lighter tracks and this being the record, the first record for them to do that. And they did three of them on this, mm-hmm. you know, eight track record. It's, it's definitely uh feels like they were trying to make a statement and maybe show some um, uh, range, you know? So I, I yeah. guess that's maybe the, the point of it, I, I guess. It's just to, they, maybe they didn't want to over, it is a short record. So maybe they were thinking we don't want to overwhelm it, but we at least want to have little pieces of just yeah. this other side of ourselves on there. And, and, you know, lyrically they did that on this record as well. So I think maybe that's a big part of what they were trying to do here is just show some range. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I completely yeah, agree. I think, so. I, and it was, yeah, we're not we're not so deep and dark and crazy. We're not we're not the satanic band. We actually do have a lighter side. Just you have to listen for it. Right. Which I don't know if I like that more or less. <laughs> Which one's cooler? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. right, right. <laughs> for sure. All right. So it is time for Shatner's Poetry Slam, guys. It's our second game. You know how this works. I've picked two additional tracks and I'm just going to read the lyrics. Monotone, William Shatner ask, Jaron and Steve. I have to figure out what track it is and tell Jared, me what I'm counting it is. on you, man. I'm counting on you. <clears throat> All right. First one. Have you ever thought about about your soul? Can it be saved? This is after forever. It is after forever. That's Nailed my it, man. I mean, it goes right into it. Sounds like a Christian. It sounds like you're a pastor right now, a youth pastor yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It does sound like a Christian album. Like <laughs> it does. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And then he gets kind of angry about it. He's like, he's almost like talking shit. He's like, you think the Pope, the Pope on a rope, he's like saying all this weird shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's, he's almost like Pope threatening. He's like, you, you better give your, you better give your heart to God or else you're in trouble, man. Right. Just, gonna, just going back. Ozzy you, yelling, you go to church. The whole right. thing's about it being too late, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. All right. Next one. My name, it means nothing. My fortune is less. My future. Is oh, true. it's solitude. It is solitude. Nailed it, Jer. Yeah, nice. I mean, you can tell because even again, like it kind of sets the tone immediately. It's you can tell this is an impressed track. Me, yeah, me, right me, from the beginning. Yeah, internally. Yeah, internally very motivated. internal. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. Internally motivated. Yep. So, Steve, let's get into our deep cut dark horse tracks. How about you lead us off on this one? Sure. I went with Into the Void. It's the last track on the album. Uh, rounding out a quote-unquote metal album with a slower track that focuses really on those heavy guitar riffs and that smashing bass. It's a perfect way to end this album. Like 
it puts the band again at the forefront. It lets you sit back and really appreciate this, the, the other three guys, the musicians of this band. Yeah. Really, you don't even hear Ozzy until a minute and 45 seconds in. And he's he's not subdued. He does he does take his take his piece of the pie. But for the last, you know, for that last track, the first almost two minutes of it is just the band. And it's giving them their due. And it's yes. amazing mm-hmm. how it's done. And like it's it's like it's it's like Ozzy like taking a seat back and just going, I get to play in front of these guys every night. Like, and they're killing it. And that just mm. it just really just sunk with me like i was just like like the whole rest of the track i'm like i'm in i'm just like waiting and like listening to ozzy and going for it but i'm like i want to listen to this again because i want to listen to that first minute and a half i want to hear what they do because it's just it's so complex for a three-person band you know a guitar player bass player and a drummer to put out that kind of sound with three people is utterly amazing and it's so good so I, I love I like Into that. the Void. I felt like it was a great way to end the album, even though mm-hmm. they did end it softer. I mean, they ended it with Solitude and Into the Void. It really went out like a lamb the whole way. But, you know, so again, it gets a little harder, but albums, I, like, they, albums like that, they'll bring you on a on a journey. Yeah. Know? And it just you start off high and you kind of work your way down. Work but your you way wouldn't down. expect it as a as an outside the realm Black Sabbath fan. Yeah. You wouldn't expect something like that. You wouldn't expect to have a softer vibe as it kind of, you don't expect softer vibe and black Sabbath in the same sentence. It's kind of, that is true. If you're like a, if you're like a casual fan, right. yeah, that's what I'm that. loving. Yeah. That's what I'm loving for sure as well. So what about you, Jerry? What was your deep cut? Man, oh man. There's only, there's only six tracks. I mean, technically musical tracks. And the other two are, are instrumental, but. I guess this feels, I mean, since it was already like a favorite track, maybe it's a bummer to pick, but I will, I do, I kind of want to say solitude just because nice. It's just, it's, it really sets, it sits in a different place. I feel like than like thematically than the rest of this album Um, kind of, I was touching on that earlier, sweet leaf. And this one, I feel like really kind of stand out uh, thematically. And uh, it's just, uh, I, again, like I can, I can say, I'll just say, basically, I'll just emphasize all the things I kind of already said about it. I love that you get to see this softer side of Ozzy's voice. And I think a lot of people don't even know that Ozzy has this side of this voice. You think of, you know, if someone does an Ozzy impression, this is not going to sound anything like his voice on this track. You know what I'm saying? Mm, right. Um, I think there's parts of his voice people are not aware of at all. And this showcases such a tender sweet side of them and and it's so moody and like you said there's not a lot of rhythm going on it's it's really just kind of this dream state kind of track you can really get lost in it's all buttery and warm and and yeah i love it yeah you you never really hear people describe ozzy's voices buttery and warm you know yeah but, but yeah i i but yeah i mean it absolutely is i mean that's that's the reason why i picked it as as my also as a great my stoner track i think it's a great oh, one to I, smoke weed too too Oh, I bet. Yeah, I'm sure it's great. You get lost in that one, zone out. I bet. Um, speaking of getting lost and stoned, uh, my deep cut is Sweet Leaf. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. Absolutely. Uh, man, this track we've talked about it. It starts off the album, but uh, there's one thing about it though. You need to listen. This is why it's my deep cut instead of my favorite because. I, I recommend, and maybe you guys have, maybe you guys listened to it this way, but you got to listen to it with headphones mm. 
or the whole record, yeah. The whole well, the whole record, absolutely. And I'll get that into my in my deep or in my final thoughts. But this one specifically, you know, they they use the ability to pan from ear to ear, mm-hmm. and it's a it's an it's an experience on your head. I love that stuff. You know what I mean? So do I. It just it brings an, a level of complexity to to the track and a, a, a level of I don't know. It's just it makes it, it brings you on a different journey through the yeah. through the track too. Um, and mu- I mean, musically, this track set the tone for how the rest of the album was going to look, and it was it was masterfully done. So that one for me was was my deep cut. I mean, speaking of that sonic experience, if I may. Um, Absolutely, man. Uh, I think it's just re- it is really fun to hear the kind of stuff and innovative things they were doing at this point in time, late 60s, early 70s. Right. It's the first time they even had the option to do that kind of stuff. Sure. So so they're not they're not only are they like willing to give it a shot, they're having to figure it out. They're not just, you know. Right. They're like, hey, let's do this. And they just, you know, push a couple buttons, you know, right. pan, it, pan it, it here and there like we can do today it's a creative endeavor for sure to do this kind of thing uh, back then. So it's, it's really cool and shows like this um, like hunger and like just creative thing. And like, uh, yeah, I just think it's really cool how innovative bands were in this time. Um, For sure. Because I mean, I mean, they had the benefit of everything. A lot of, a lot of toys were new at that time. And it's just really cool to see what people were doing with all these new toys back then. Right. It's really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I loved I love the, the music of the early the late 60s, early 70s for that reason, because there's so much experimentation going on yeah. with this and how things are kind of like it's like the infancy of like music editing in the rock music realm that we know now. Yep. And like I love when bands now go back to it. I mean, and getting into some of that old stuff, like you know, the Silk Sonics that get back into that old '70s funk and actually sure. go after mm-hmm. it. Some of those old rock bands that really do play with the mono, the stereo versions in your headphones and go back and forth. You know, I I love that they kind of go back to that like old school way of doing things, mm-hmm. um, and just go after it. I I just this time frame was like the like rock awakening for like music and what was happening here. Yes. So it's kind of cool that you picked an album right in this, right in this like melee of time. Yeah. I'd say like this era of music, um, you know, later Beatles stuff, this early, like, uh, you know, the Zeppelin and Sabbath stuff coming out around this time. That's that era and that kind of vibe and just where people, just people where people were as far as being really open-minded, you know, like so many of these bands back from that era too, also so much more eclectic than a lot of bands, maybe these days, not every band, but it was, um, yeah. I really, I just really like the eclectic nature and the fact that, you know, this is a good example of a record where you get to see all different sides of, of a band. And, uh, and there is a huge inspiration on my band, brother Adams, and we love all that stereo stuff too. And we do a lot mm-hmm. of that and play with that. And this, this whole, like, I'm mean, not, it feels a little shameless, but my, our record chatter is definitely hugely influenced by a lot of these kind of vibes and, and uh, just this era of recording was just so cool. And so it's inspirational for me. Dude, Plug away, plug away. You, just, <laughs> you, you throw all your plugs out there, man. Get everything out there for, for our, our listeners to hear and see you. Uh, we sure. love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do think if any, if that's the kind of stuff people appreciate about a record, Chatter, Chatter from Brother Adams is definitely a great one to dig into. Definitely. But Absolutely. um, yeah, this is such a great record, man. I, I feel like I go on and on all day about what makes it great. So before oh, yeah. we get into our final thoughts, guys, I've got a couple of fun things I 
because this is <laughs> now these are the things I searched on my own personal computer because searching on my work computer would definitely get me random drug tested tomorrow. Sure. Um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you search you search random you search fun 420 facts on your work computer. <laughs> Good yeah. way to get a get a random drug test the next day. There you go. Um, so did you guys know? This is actually this is pretty funny. This is on multiple websites that most 420 facts are made up by someone that was high. <laughs> like most 420 facts made up by someone that was high. Now, um, other thing, made up uh, facts, Mexico by the way. made up facts. Yeah, yeah it's facts. <laughs> facts. Yes, they are facts. Right. If you're stoned, it's definitely a fact. Um, now, Mexico actually grows the most cannabis of all world areas. Mexico grows the most. No one's shocked. No one's shocked. Nobody should be <laughs> no. shocked, at least. <laughs> Did you guys know that cannabis and hops are in the same family of oh, like plants? I can. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yep. So Brandon's vice of beer. Yeah, there we go. I recently had a THC infused beverage and it was alcohol free, but it had THC. I'm curious if there's some kind of similar process that they use with maybe the weed buds as they would with the hops to brew. I don't know. I don't know much have, about brewing, but I'm curious. I've tasted one of those before. It's like a hop tea. It's actually yeah. not bad. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was not yesterday. My job. Oh. Don't worry. Somebody from my job does this <laughs> to the podcast. I've been reported on a couple of times. Decades ago. So I've made sure this is not, this was multiple years ago, over eight and a half. That's how long I've worked my current job. Yeah. Um, now there is actually a Highway 420. There's two of them. There is one in Canada. It was okay. renamed Highway 420 um, after uh, marijuana was growing in the ditch along the highway. How so, would you just have it growing in the ditch? Scandalous. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. Can there's Canadians up there, and the Canadian government oh, was just like, "We're going to rename this Highway for Highway 420." I mean, what a great thing to like pass through, you know, Congress. It's just like, hey, there's weed on the side of the road. I want to know how many rename. convenience stores are <laughs> yeah, on that is- highway, and how, how, like how like every like three miles, there's like a Seven Eleven. Like you just gotta pull over. <laughs> right. Now, did you know that as of last year, over fifty-one percent of American adults have used or currently do use cannabis? Fifty-one. 51. We are in the majority. I I mean, I can see that with the use of, you know, well, as edibles. You know, well, edibles, it's become more popular recreationally, but it's also become very popular medicinally. I think yeah. and I think that's how that's why the trajectory has come over that 50 percent. It's always been sense. popular recreational. It's always been popular. I mean, it's always been, but it's more legally recreationally. Legal, I mean, it's le- it's it's legally. You know, you can yes. talk about it without feeling scandalous. Some of the taboos getting yeah shaken there away. Are, there there yeah. are there are less tab. There are still there in some areas and some age groups for sure. Except right. you know, I have some grandmas that do definitely uh, have <laughs> some uh, have some gummies or some taffy on their hey, uh, hands. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, right. you. It's better than drinking. I'm I'm okay with them doing that. Better than right. better than drinking booze. Oh, I totally agree. I'm. It's funny. I'm going to uh, in a few months. I'm going to a concert, 
And I realize I'm going over to uh, Wisconsin, and I think it's still pretty highly illegal over there. And that's, yeah, they haven't they haven't legalized it. They got med- they medical, but they haven't legalized it for uh, recreational. Yeah, I don't travel a ton, so it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a bummer, man. You stay where you're home. I think I heard it's decriminalized in Milwaukee, which I think is where I'm going to be, and maybe there I have that wrong. That would make sense. But, yeah, but, I know uh, Illinois so. are good, so you're fine there. Oh, is that right? Yeah, Illinois, you're good. I think Indiana, you're good now, too. Um, that being said, See, we're, there are we're spoiled here, man. 39 states have legalized medical marijuana and 18 as of right now have legalized recreational use with, with it, guys. 15 more. Uh, it's on the docket sometime this year. So we'll should we still see what happens there. Yeah. And then my last point, as we've talked about this before, there are as of right as of well, this was uh, two months ago. 483 known chemicals are found in cannabis and they've only really discovered the use for about a fifth of them. Wow. So there's 483 known chemical compounds in, in cannabis. They've only found uses for about a fifth of them. They really haven't really been able to research enough to find uses for other ones. These are the chemicals they're using to help cure cancer. So yeah. Um, there are medicinal properties to this plant that I get behind. I'm trying to get my company to figure out their bullshit and let us use it, especially our guys in the field that need it instead of using opioids. Um, yeah, man. And alcohol. Yeah. Um, yeah. but there's, it's so hard to test for right now, which is the problem that they're having to figure out when you did it to first how long oh, has been sure. your system for and they're doing they're, apparently they're doing studies i offered to help they said no <laughs> yeah there's some things i don't like i really it bums me out that so many places that just don't need to be are still dropping uh you know in the application process for marijuana. like retail you don't need to fucking drop in a retail store uh here's unless you're quick, selling guns here's a quick anecdote one time i had to, i was trying to get a job at um uh what's it salvation army and, you know, super religious organization. So I guess yeah. also very strict about this kind of thing. And uh, this is insane. Now, in retrospect, I would have not let this happen. I can't believe I'm even this is even real. But I had to drop right during the application process. I'm doing the whole thing. I didn't know it was going to happen either. And I knew I had smoked like the, that morning, <laughs> and the the morning. Night, you know, and then the night before and whatever. So they send me into the bat. They, they stop me in the middle of the application process to send me into the bathroom right there at Salvation. They'll send me off to a clinic. Nothing like that. They're doing it right there in the back room or whatever at Salvation Army. And I go into the bathroom with an employee, another random employee to make sure I'm not doing any tricky shit. I'm like, that can't be, is that legal? No effing way. <laughs> this happened to me. So I don't know. I'm exposing some trauma right now, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Exposing good, something man. for sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you were exposed. Yeah. Isn't that so bizarre? So I, I oh, remember I just easy. peed in the cup and I knew I was fucked. So I just like peed in the cup and walked right out. <laughs> Shit Maybe it's the only time years, I've had like, to pee in a cup it. and walk around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been in that situation more than once. A couple times it's been at the clinic. We, I got like something in my pocket. I'm trying, you know, you bring in the pee or you get like, you know, somebody to pee for you. That whole the thing. I've tried, thing. I've tried to do that. And then it's like not the right temp. And then I had that same situation. We're like, well, you can try again. I'm like, okay. And then I just walked right out that time too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there are some there are some jobs I can see it. Okay, but if you're working retail, you should right. be stoned. Yeah, I've worked. I mean, shit, in customer retail. service most of the time, <laughs> you should probably be high. 
No, you should be, right? Yeah. It would no make doubt, your man. job a hell of a lot more. They should offer you an edible before you start your shift. Like, here you go. It does me you, good when I'm dealing with people, that's for sure. You got to deal with these Karens all day long. Here, have this gummy bear. <laughs> Only eat an ear, though, because you'll be fucked. Here like, you go. <laughs> you have like, a grandma walking around making sure you're okay. You're not, you're not <laughs> tripping out too far. I always love the warnings from the dealers. Only eat a half of this and see how you feel. You always get like that. Only eat a quarter of this and see how you feel. But I don't know. For me, I, have, you guys, have you guys done much edibles? M- a, a little many, bit much? here and there. <laughs> now in eight and a half years, Jer. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. I don't mean to, you know, incriminate anybody. Uh, I'm not big on the edibles, though. I'll be honest. Like, I don't, I have nothing against them. I just think that I'm such a, like, kind of probably a regular stoner. that. Well, <laughs> there is something I really like about the ritual and like the smell and whatever. And just like, you know, there's something about, uh, I think beyond the high, just like the Zen kind of thing of it's like almost a meditation, the, even just packing it, like breaking it up. You kind of, you, you're not thinking about anything else. You're just kind of doing that thing. Then you pack your, your you know, pack or roll, whatever you're going to do. And then you just, there's the fire and the whole thing. And there's something almost like uh, spiritual about it or whatever. That's, you know, like a, a high in itself. And then you get the actual high. That's like, you know, that, that hits you from the weed, but just that, that moment and that whole process is, is it's, it's an escape. I think that I really appreciate about it as opposed to, um, you know, digesting it. And then also what I was going to say is since I am such a regular stoner, like, I don't think I, I can never really tell if the we if the if the edibles are hitting me because e- even if I did do eat them like I'm gonna be totally <laughs> ripped on a joint like before they would hit me so it's like I don't know which one's which but you're uh, fucking just riding you're like what the hell not everybody's smoking as regularly as me though so no, I my <laughs> my wife my wife actually a friend of ours uh, makes cookies and he said yeah. hey. He's a regular pothead. He's just like, he's got his own business, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants. God bless he gives him. me his cookie, and he goes, <laughs> here, <laughs> get this to your wife. She'll like it, but only have her eat a piece of it, like a small piece, and just kind of yeah. see. Yeah. So he gives them to a couple other people in a coaching tree that we're doing some things with. And one of the guys is, we're coaching football. One of the guys goes into the trailer and just mounds the whole thing. He says, I'm not no bitch, and he takes the whole <laughs> thing down, right? <laughs> he didn't leave the trailer. He <laughs> didn't leave the trailer. We what? come up to the trailer and I'm like, bud, you good? He goes, call my wife and tell her I'm sick. Said, what What are you sick with? He goes, make some shit up. I don't know. I said, are you good? He goes, nope, not good. And this kid's like, dad. He goes, get away over here. I'm just, he's, I'm like, just go for a minute. You got to like sleep this off, man. He's like, he's like, what the fuck were in those cookies? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm like, I don't even want to touch this one. Now I'm going to get in trouble. Like my That's wife had hilarious. a piece of it and she's just like, I'm pretty sure I was high two days later. She's like, this is some <laughs> stupid shit. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm oh, just like, that's so funny. But the edibles are funny. Cause I always, always talk to people. And they're like, if you don't smoke very often or you're new to this shit, only eat the ear of the gummy bear. And you're like, yep. The ear. Like I'm a disclaimer. grown man. The fuck you. And I've seen <laughs> I've seen multiple grown adults that have that attitude that just uh are really fucking funny. That's the it's guy ama- sipping on whiskey. It's amazing how fast that guy got hit by those edibles. The fact that he couldn't even leave the trailer. He, he did not leave. He just sat there. He was just like, That's amazing. Nope. Now did he not only leaving. have one? He ate a whole cookie. The whole thing. How many cookies? He ate one. The whole thing though. And like the guy said, the the like professional pothead said he only <laughs> eats a fifth of one at a time and he's a high pothead. functioning pothead he just doesn't show all the time 
These terms yeah, are cracking me that's up. That's what he man. says. He actually calls himself a high functioning pothead. He's like, I'm a yeah. high functioning pothead. I'm like, I guess that's what I am too. Then <laughs> you do you, man. That's he's just like it's kind of he's, he's like it's my coffee. I'm like, hey, I'm yes. Like, I don't blame you, man. You do. If you can do it, do it. Fuck it. Go for it. If I yeah. could, I probably would, but I can't. Yeah. But- for me, it's really a cure-all at this point. I got to be honest. Like it's one of those things. <laughs> Maybe it's not a good thing, This, but it really is. In some ways it's a good thing. In some ways it's not. Cause it's also like a, a, an appetizer and a dessert. And uh, before I have to go shopping and then when I'm done shopping and you know, I'm kind of <laughs> that guy a little bit. Yeah. You're like the guy from the fucking, my big fat Greek wedding, the Windex. You're like, have you smoked yet? Yeah. Oh yeah. Stomach hurts if you smoked yet. (laughs) But it is like I, 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 for me, it's like kind of um. If I need to wake up in the morning, I'm a little groggy. Like I will smoke weed to like kind of wake up and focus. But then at the same time, I'll do it to kind of do the exact opposite and unwind. (laughs) And it's like I don't know. There's something about it. It's like it's like a miracle drug like that. Your own personal aloha. Once you really get goodbye. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Oh, I love that, dude. Dude, that's that's sweet. I like that, Steve. Gonna start a strain or something. What there you go. There we go. Aloha. I want to. I just want a strain. small credit. I don't want a lot. Just a small credit. I'm good with it. You Some kind of you. business plan you're, happening here. You're the expert. <laughs> I'll just um, sit back. I'll just sit back and live vicariously through you. I. I mean, I'm the expert as far. Well, I don't. I'm not really an expert. This is what I will say. Like, I don't I actually don't know a ton about, um, like the chemicals and the cannabinoids and you know the mm-hmm. compounds, yada 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 or growing it even. But uh, when it comes to smoking a shit ton of it and being able to handle it, <laughs> hell yeah, <laughs> I can do that. But my friends and wife and everybody like rolls my joints. For, like I am a useless stoner, honestly. <laughs> like I can barely roll a joint. Like, oh, that's bad news. I can't believe I'm saying that publicly, but it's true. I can that's barely hilarious. roll a joint if, if at all. Of, your little bit of street cred is gone now. <laughs> if that's where my street cred comes from, oh man. Oh, that's that's okay. I appreciate it. It's true. You heard oh, it here man. first. You've heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> right? on, on the day of all days. Come on now. Oh no, this is, this is going to ruin me too. It's all right. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll rebound or won't remember. It'll be fine. Stoners are going to cancel me, man. <laughs> Do stoners cancel anyone? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. So let's let's finalize uh let's finalize master reality here and get this taken care of here get our get our ratings kind of figure out here brandon what was your final thoughts on this one man man yeah so i i listened to this album once with an earbud just because i wanted some music on in the background but then um when i did my deep dive i actually did sit down and put you know my podcasting headphones on which you know noise canceling just everything enveloped and man i'll just tell you if you're able to listen to this album with headphones, please do it. And you'll thank me later. Yes. Um, the, the, the way that these guys produced this album with the panning from left to right uh, and what each individual ear was hearing, is just an experience. And they do it throughout the album. Like they little bits and pieces throughout just, it's an, it's a whole thing. Uh, these guys are amazing and talented musicians and honestly are some of the best rockers in the business. Uh, this album, although it's sh- although the album is short, it packs a punch with a little bit of everything. Um, and I, I will say, I will end by saying that this album, I feel needs to be listened to in one sitting all the way through from top to bottom. This oh. album isn't necessarily one 
I mean, after you've listened to it a handful of times, you can pick and choose. But absolutely, man, again, it's an experience, and the only way you can experience an album is to listen to it from top to bottom, take the time and enjoy it because that's what we all did. Uh, for me, I'm giving this one a nine out of ten. I like it. Yep. Steve, what about you? So for me, it's kind of funny when Jared brought this up. I, I was a casual Black Sabbath fan. I always knew the big heavy hitters. I knew I've heard Sweet Leaf before, you know, you're a crazy train. You know, it's it's what you think about. You think of Ozzy uh, and Dio. For me, it was Ozzy and Dio. Yeah. Um, I was never really hugely into them. Um, I knew who Ozzy was. I knew he was replaced by Dio. I knew Dio was he's Dio. It's just who he is. Um, and, um, <laughs> but I never really took the time to appreciate the musicians that made this band who they were and are. Hell yeah. Um, and that's where musically kind of this got me is this album is musically, it's, it's fun. It's fast. It's complex throughout in different ways. Um, and it makes me want to go back and check out more of their albums because I, I can appreciate a good musician. And especially a good drummer and a bass player. That's where you get me. But mm-hmm. Tony, and I'm going to make sure I say it, Tony, I don't mean, I didn't get it wrong this time. It, it just, I didn't know the level of musicianship that was in this band. I figured it was just Ozzy yes. and some dudes. Mm, and okay. so like this album brought me on to like, it's just, it's a band and then Ozzy. Sure, absolutely. So, like, without those three guys, it's mm-hmm. just Ozzy. And we've seen Ozzy do his own solo stuff, and it works. But it's not as good as it was with those three guys. So, now I see what you were touching on earlier. I can kind of – now it's coming full circle for me. Yeah, that's and that's where I, that's, I wanted to get back to there. I was like, you know, it's – before, for me, it was just – that's Ozzy. That's Ozzy's band. Black Sabbath is Ozzy or Dio. But just the Aussies were the first thing that comes to my mind when I think Black Sabbath, biting sure. the head off the bat, all the stupid shit. Mm-hmm. And then I listen to this album and I'm like, man, they were so much more than just that. Like they are that Ozzy is, is the, he is the ticket seller, but these guys keep you out of your seat the whole time. So for sure, I love the, I love the album. I went with an eight out of 10 uh, only because there was eight tracks. Um, if it was nice. more of a track, it would have got more from me, man. I, I'm trying to be a little more stringent in my my ratings this year, but I sure. loved it. I, if it was eight out of eight, it's eight out of eight. Like, it's a perfect perfect score for me. Just eight out of ten. That's sure, good. Sure. What about you, Jer? What was your final thoughts on this album? Um, man, I'm so torn about like. There's like a couple of different things I would love to include in my final thoughts, but I, I would like to kind of like bouncing off a little bit of what both of you have said. Um, in yours, um speaking to the like i really like how you said it packs a punch you know and then i also like how you guys were touching on the musicianship um this there's like all there's like for example like lord of the world uh lord of this world i should say um mm-hmm. uh it's a great example there's, it starts out with this uh more kind of metal hard rock riff and then all of a sudden switches into this groovy riff like right before the verse and and i guess i'm just pointing that out just to say that there's a lot of great moments like that where you get like these you know, they, they're just trucking on like one riff. And then all of a sudden, like it was, it was just a different time in music where you could yeah. just like go out off, off on these musical adventures. And, you know, like there's, it's just like riff and another riff and another, and there's not even lyrics necessarily happening. It's, not, it's just like, they're just, everything wasn't based on like, uh, 
you know, the radio, you know, and you can really mm-hmm. tell on a record like this, this isn't a radio record. Mm-hmm. So I guess my final thoughts would be that, yeah, like the, the, there's some adventure here and there's like uh, uh, the pack and a punch, I would say comes with the fact that, you know, there is um, uh, these musical like uh how would i even say they just like really go off on a tangent i guess in all these different spots and and they're they're so like epic and beautiful and just stuff you don't hear in today's music necessarily because there isn't really a place for it at least not metal like a metal jam band (laughs) they they totally are i mean and then some tracks on this record are more metal than others but there's all there's all this groove on the record too Mm -hmm. that i think can't be overlooked um so yeah, I, I think it, my final thoughts are just that uh, this is this is a good one to dig into to kind of hear uh, that uh, I don't know we talked about indulgence a little bit so maybe some of that that you just wouldn't hear in in more mainstream music today and main more mainstream metal or, or whatever what have you but uh, yeah and then I, I guess that that's kind of covering the record but I definitely want to you know summarize by kind of saying like the impact of this record and, and these first couple records. And by the way, these records came out within like two years, these first three records. Yeah. It's insane. Like six months record, six months record. It's like crazy how fast they're pumping these out. So if you look at that timeline, it's, it's like mind blowing. And then in, and like we were saying, this is what 50 years ago or so, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and we're still hearing bands trying to replicate these sounds. I know I'm still trying to replicate these sounds and right. like, or mm-hmm. like, you know, do my version of them. The impact is, is, uh, you know, you, you can't, you can't deny it. It's like a Beatles level of, of uh, um, impact. You know, there wouldn't be bands like, you know, Smashing Pumpkins, we talked about earlier, there wouldn't be Soundgarden, there wouldn't be so many of that, that, yeah, I guess that grunge, I guess you, I totally see what, uh, what um billy was saying billy corgan was saying about the grunge thing because you know like Mm -hmm. a band like soundgarden for example is basically a resurrection of sabbath in the 90s and there were so many great bands in the 90s doing that yeah and there's still and there's still bands doing it today and and so many things like that flat fifth i mentioned earlier those evil sounds that they just didn't exist you know tony thought you know let's make scary music let's make this epic kind of thing that just never it just didn't exist yet like not in a way that was like a rock pop kind of delivery you know like there Mm -hmm. was there was like you know um scores in like those horror movies you know that kind of had that sound but he's like let's take this and let's do it as a band and let's find our three-piece rock band way to do that and it changed the world man and it's 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 been powerful and it's you know they're just as much of a household name as they've ever been for sure definitely and i i i wholeheartedly agree man like i said i i was so infancy on the band themselves and like hearing this and it's like now i want to get back into a little deeper and be like like where does this come like how did this they kind of like get here and then where do they go from there mm-hmm. and i know with dio it changed a little bit it kind of changed it, it they evolved I mean, they, to go 50 50 some years you got to evolve you yeah definitely definitely did but they they really stuck to their guns as well by uh, yeah i was gonna say they haven't lost any of the edge or what we've what we yeah. love about them either and i don't think anyone's yeah. ever complained about that I, mean, I think everyone's kind of that's been the consensus they've they're one of those bands that was just delivers and it's it's awesome and to hear even those old guys at Ozfest just going after it still i mean in, in the 2017 i think there's the last show they played or 2016 and like but this they were hell they were in their 70s like yeah. 60s and 70s going after it and it's just it's 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 hilarious but also like you're just like up there just going 
I want to be you when I'm 70. Like, oh I don't want to be Ozzy when I'm 70 because that dude's got all kinds of issues. But one of the other guys, maybe I don't. The rampant overzealous drug use thing got me a little bit, but. Oh, sure. I, I saw and I will say I saw um, I've seen Ozzy live a few years mm-hmm. ago and and then like more in my teen. It was, I think it was sometime in my teens, my late teens or so. I saw the uh, or maybe it was my early 20s. I can't remember exactly. Somewhere in there. I saw the heaven and hell lineup of Sabbath, which is oh, the yeah. deal lineup with Vinny yep. uh, Abbasi on drums. Mm-hmm. and but so you got so you know and that was a powerful moment for me you know like seeing tony up there like that's the guy who invented heavy metal like that's yep. the guy you know right. and i'm looking up on stage seeing tony iomi and it was just you know there's chills through me like crazy and then uh, one thing i haven't even mentioned yet you know i've said you know this band's been a huge influence on me and stuff like that but user butler specifically is you know people ask me like who's my number one bass influence i would say it's probably him you know he's big on the big bluesy pentatonic like scale just running up and down and he's just creative and he's and he's putting in a lot a lot like it's not he's not just holding it down like he's adding a lot to it you know yeah. which as a bass player it's easy to just hold it down sometimes and that's that's a that's a that's a challenge enough honestly just holding it down is that takes a lot like uh, you got to be a good bass player to really hold down a band. That's a, an important job, but to do that and add as much as, as he did. And, and, and same for the drums, that whole rhythm section, you were speaking mm-hmm. on it earlier, that rhythm section is just something else. And the amount of texture they provided behind Tony uh, yeah. or Tommy, if you will, Tommy. Uh, <laughs> either one, uh, either one, tomato, tomato here, Jared, come on. <laughs> that's right. Um, but, uh, you know, it, that texture is just unbelievable. So I, th- I think another final thought, you know, coming back to adding another one is that pay attention to the rhythm section on this because holy shit. Yes. You know, 100%. so guys, that wraps up Black Sabbath Master Reality. Now I'm going to give Jared a couple minutes to speak about the multitude of things that he's got going on. He's going to toot his own horn a little bit here and we're going to make him do it because he needs to. So Jared, this it. is going to come out again, April 20th. I know specifically you've got a couple of things coming. We just confirmed there can be spectators at these things. Mm, so uh, what do you got coming up, Jer? Uh, well, one you're speaking uh, to, it sounds like, is the um, Teen Poetry Slam I'm going to be doing with the Kent District Library. Yes. Um, which was really cool. They actually reached out to me. Um, it was a really cool thing. I guess like um, – the guy who was one of the guys who's involved in organizing the event, uh, his name's Greg Lewis. And he apparently was a fan of brother Adams. So that was kind of my initial and he kind of knew me from that. And then he knew that I had, you know, been in the open mic scene for some years now and that I was really passionate about that. And so I guess he had been following my work there and, and he's like, I know you've been around this and I, I can tell you're passionate about it. So we'd love to have you involved if you'd like to be. And I was like, that I've never done, honestly, I've never done anything like that. And I'm not a poet, you know, per se, (laughs) but I obviously write a lot of lyrics and I've been around a lot of, been around a lot of poets in the open mic scene, like he was saying. So I was like, I'd be happy to, you know, share my, you know, my insight on it. And and, and so I guess I'm going to, I'm going to be judging with a couple other judges who I haven't met yet, but, and I think that'll be happening. That event will be happening on the 27th and 28th of April. So I think that'll be coming out a week after this comes out. Yep. Um, and I'm really excited. You know, it's just something different. And I, I'm hoping to meet some new people and kind of learn some new things. And and uh, right now I'm just like, uh, I, I, you know, we were a year ago, we didn't know where we were going to be. And now I am just like hustling, you know, and I'm finding you got your open mic on Tuesdays. 
Yeah, I got the open. That's that, that's my regular baby right now. Um, I, I love it so much that open mic. Like it's I missed it so much when everything was shut down. Um, yeah. And when we shut down, it was I had been running it at El- Elba Room in Zealand and we re, we uh, revived everything at Park Theater. And they kind of called me up and they knew I was looking for a new venue. They were looking for a new host. They wanted to reinvigorate their open mic thing. Uh, you know, it just all kind of worked out. Uh, another situation where I got really fortunate in, in my open mic career where, you know, a door, every time a door has shut, a better door has opened so far in that, mm-hmm. in, in my open mic, uh, mm-hmm. you know, history. And it's been really awesome. And, and so park theater has just been a huge blessing The the crowds are insane. Like every, it's a, it's a Tuesday night and people are just coming out and we're right in by downtown Holland. Yeah. We are right by Hope College. So yeah. we, get, we get a lot of the college kids and they're loving so. it. And they're also like really a lot of talented kids that are coming from there, you know, and, and yeah. playing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's every Tuesday Park Theater in Holland. And, and we're doing that uh, uh, 7.30 doors, 8 p.m. is when people kind of like kick off the show. And we run until I've heard people saying 7.30 till late lately, but it's uh, it's like 11.30 or 12, you know, something like that. Uh, but for a Tuesday, that is pretty late. I wake up yeah. groggy as hell every Wednesday. <laughs> I got I to gotta get the kids ready at like 6, start getting the kids up at like 6 a.m., you know? So yeah. it's like we don't leave there until like midnight, 1 a.m. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's rough, but it's worth it. It like keeps me. It's good for my soul, you know. There you go. Um, Absolutely. It's such a great group of people to be around. So I highly suggest people come out there, whether you're, you know, somebody who likes to get on stage and do the open mic thing or just like be part of creative environments full of like inclusive and accepting and open minded people, because that's really what this is. It's a great, great community. And so many people are there for that reason alone, you know, besides the great art on stage. And of course, there's plenty of that. That that goes without saying. But this isn't you're in the corner of a bar no one's paying attention. This is, you are getting tons of love. You are getting big applause breaks. Everyone's yeah. just there for that. This, there's no built-in crowd at park theater. People right. come to park theater for what's happening on stage. So yeah. if, if you want to come to an open mic and kind of feel something totally different than maybe you felt at any other, and I'm not just tooting my own horn here. It's because it's not just me responsible for it. There's so many other people that have kind of sure. like empowered this to be what it is, including the community being a huge, huge role in that. Yeah. Um, the biggest role in it you know i thank them as much as i can for like letting us do what we're doing so it's right. we're not us doing it for them they're doing it for us we had the idea they've enabled it to happen absolutely um, well and that's the special thing too about your your the, the mic that you have there at park theater is you know a lot of people that we have on our podcast are those are the comedian types so when you think yep. open mic you think just all straight comedians but your your show is very diverse, very eclectic, has Absolutely. that has that mix of, you know, bands and comics and poets and just everything yeah. in between. Storytelling, dancing. Yeah, we've we've had a little bit of all of it. I love it. Um, yeah. People come in with, you know, people come and, in just to dance along and, you know, and just kind of party a little bit. But well, man, and, and one thing that I've noticed just on social media, too, and I'll toot yeah. your I'll toot your horn. Hey. Uh, just. Whoa. I mean, you know, <laughs> right. Just, right. It's one of those shows. <laughs> just I've seen, you know, as, as things have started to open up and restrictions have yeah. Yeah. loosened, your show is becoming one of the top places to be, um, you know, to to perform and to just be able to have a place to express yourself. So um, appreciate that. man. Yeah, man. So and I feel it, that, too. It's been fun to see. It's been fun to see see that. 
from you because I know that when we had talked last, I think you had just found out that or recently that that you know your show was be teaming up there was yeah. So and that the things at the elbow room were, were done, but you're like, I don't, yeah, just in a weird so. But I'm glad sure, that things sure. are things are. Yeah, going we had we had talked are. about kind of how COVID was impacting music and the local scene, and you were just like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I know, yep, like you've yep. played a couple times at the intersection now. You've got yeah. some other stuff kind of going on. Yeah. You've gotten just, I mean, all kinds of stuff. And we just kind of like live vicariously through all the fun stuff you're doing. But we see it, and we want to let you know, like we're happy that kind of what you're like, everything's flourishing for you and your family. And it's, it's amazing mm-hmm. to see all those fun things that are coming Thank up for you guys. guys. And, and we will continue to not only push your theme songs and our collective <laughs> wang out to everyone, <laughs> but also support you and what you guys do at your open mics at your, your live shows, because we, 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 we support our friends, but we really love the fact that this is your baby. This is your life. This is what you're doing. And it's, it's coming to fruition. It's able to help you provide for your family and take care of Absolutely. all the kids that you have. I understand Absolutely. I've got a, a bunch myself. So, yeah. yeah, and just kind of living vicariously through that, that whole craziness you guys got going on at home. is just, it's just so much fun too, to hear all the kids stories and stuff too. <laughs> it makes me laugh every day. I mean, you guys post all the kids. I'm just like, I've been there. I've definitely had that conversation yeah. before. Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm still past the trying to be the cool rock and roll guy at this point. Like, that's definitely still in me a little bit. But uh, you know, I, I I I'm a dad, and and I'm all those other things too. So sure. I think yeah. it's important. I think it's important to show people that that side of, of who I am as well. At this point, I think there was maybe a time in my life where I was trying to be the cool guy all the time. You know, and sure. And I, I, you know, I'm getting into my mid thirties now and I, I'm just starting to, you know, humble Settling myself down. a little bit. And I, and honestly, it's, I don't even know if it's, it's, it's honestly, I think just more, just even from a business, more practical standpoint, like if I'm just being real, like, I think the more, the more real you are, like, honestly, people can relate to that better. And I've realized like the less I've started to try, I guess it, yeah. it's kind of worked better. Like, like, and and we've seen that, like, uh, coming out of, uh, the lockdowns, you know, I, I think that really gave me a minute to like sit back a little bit, humble myself a little bit. And so now we've come back and I feel like, um, you know, now that I've been doing all these other things with my band and the open mic, I'm not necessarily trying to prove anything anymore. I'm just like, Hey, like, this is me. Like, I know what I have to offer and I'm, I'm confident in not that I'm not trying to improve all the time. But at the same time, I know I, I, I'm pretty like, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, uh, aware of who I am at this point, you know, and I'm comfortable with it. And, and I'm if you're not, you know, then that's that's your bag at this point, you know, For and sure. uh, I love it. I'm, I'm cool with that. And it took a while to get there. But uh, I, I want to bounce back, though, the open mic where I'm actually going to be this will be you know, way out, this will be in the past by the time this comes out, I hope I'm ruining your timeline here, but oh, you're, uh, you're fine by, 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 you know, showing them, showing them how the bread's made here or whatever. But, uh, but uh, oh, I'm going to have brother Adams out at the open mic. Cause I was going to say, yeah. so just to yeah. get on to brother Adams, we're going to, we're actually going to be featuring out there tomorrow. Like I said, that'll be old news by the time this comes out, but uh, brother Adams. Yeah. We've been, we've been doing a lot of cool stuff. Like we did, like you were saying, we just did uh opening for like a couple bands recently in the past few months that have been like uh uh idols of mine growing up you know soul asylum local h 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we just we just opened for Jesse James Dupree of Jackal. Jackal. Um, Jackal's always a fun band. You know, as a teenager, they have plenty of dirty, fun songs that always struck a chord with me. You know, I was the right age for them. You know, and I still yeah. think a lot of that stuff's great. To me, they're like the the good old boy version, like American ACDC kind of thing, almost. Yes. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's really cool. And Brother Adams got plenty of stuff coming this summer. So definitely, uh, I would definitely suggest everyone keep. Keep in we touch should with con- we should connect uh, them with um, our friends who hot air balloon the, the hot air balloon festival. I'm trying. Ooh. Yeah, I like I'm trying. Thought. So we'll try to get you involved in that as well. There's a hot air balloon festival in Wayland. It's going to be a two day event um, in September. Y'all were involved with that last year, correct? We were involved with that last year. Okay. Yeah, I was on stage yeah. for like like twelve right. hours. Were, didn't you, swear. It was actually you, pretty interesting. Yeah, we I couldn't were. swear. <laughs> I right. didn't. Yeah, I, I could. I just didn't. I was. I had oh. the opportunity a couple of times. Right. Especially when the when the transformer blew out and I had to like yell to the crowd because we didn't have any mics. It was great. I threw up people. It was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had a, we had a nationally touring band that the, the whole transformer ran out of gas and like they lost power. So we brought a box of like balls and frisbees and like all kinds of random stuff on stage. And we just sort of throwing things at people at the crowd. And this band's like, can we throw stuff too? I'm like, hell yeah, you can. Let's go. Let's just throw everything out here. Dude, and there was probably. Awesome three four hundred people at the at that time easily yeah that's great yeah yeah it was a great time so we'll we'll definitely try to to promote you guys out there too and get you and get you uh connected with those people because they're they're good friends of ours too we're hoping to be we're hoping to be involved with it again i think we're free so i'm pretty sure they're going to bring us in because that's a big selling point we are free we're not we are free um we kind of support ourselves it's kind of one of those things and we'll take it but um I do. I want to end out here, guys, with one last thing. And the conversation that we had here kind of to end the podcast, I know, is, is gone a little bit on what we talked about last year. People that have been listening to the podcast now, maybe for not the whole time last year, check out episode 42. Um, this was this episode after we talked about Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's actually titled Do right. You and Do You Hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, it's about a 30 minute episode. We're talking about Jer and just coming out of COVID and life. Um, so I gotta recheck that episode out. That I was did. a fun I conversation. It. It's a fun it was a fun conversation about how just COVID had taken a shit on this everything. And like, but and it was all just what if or yeah, what it was will, a don't it was a, a don't lot, give up. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of what if stuff. And I think and then, that oh sorry, I was, I was no, and then everything kind of spiraled from there and it took off for you. And I I, I point our fans back to that one because that was kind of like you were kind of I think you were like our second guest, but you were the one that made us say, you know what? We need to start doing a guest every week now. Oh, like, wow. You were that person to mm-hmm. us and saying, like, after the conversation we had with you, me and no Brandon, idea. like, talked the next day and we're like, no, we got to have those every week now. Um, That's very cool. So you yeah. were kind of the the the, the caveat, the starting point for us there. Like, you took, awesome. we took off from that conversation because it fills yeah. us up to hear other people talk about their love and their passion yeah. and that yeah. whole conversation yeah. was strictly about your passion. And I, I, I want to, once again, to your horn again, I know how much you hate that, but, but we, um, we, we appreciate you more than we tell you. Yes. Just so you know. Hey, likewise guys, that's how it works, right? That's yeah, how this yeah. life, that's how this crazy life works. We all, hopefully we're all appreciating, but we got to, I think we all could start saying it more. So I really appreciate you guys putting it out there in front street for me. That, that love sure. means a lot. All right. So, so Steve, <laughs> let's, uh, let's put a bow on this thing, man. All right. So guys, give it up for Jer one more time. This was such a fun conversation. Jer, thanks for coming out and hanging out with us, man. This was 
this was fun. And uh, we got to have you back more than once a year. I'm just saying. I know it. Hey, I would love to. It was hard for me to like, there's so many things I want. I could have got into like, you know, uh, I would definitely tell people to go look up more fun facts about Black Sabbath. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. The story of the down tuning that you touched on earlier yep. comes from, you know, him chopping his fingers off and having to have fake fingertips that he made out of soap bottles and stuff himself. There's so um, much stuff. There's If you don't know th- that story, it's insane. We'll have to get to it oh, another time. There's oh pages God. and pages it, and pages of yes. history on this band. Oh my it's, goodness. Heavy metal was essentially invented because like the tone and sound of it essentially because of a work accident. It's bizarre. That's Makes a lot hilarious. of sense. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we will yeah. leave everybody at that. There you so, go. Absolutely. You go. So guys, this has been the notes. My podcast on a Wednesday. We hope you enjoyed it. Enjoy yourself. If you partake in anything special, uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, You're so uh, funny. Yeah, guys, this has been the Notes with Goats podcast. I'm Brandon. And I'm Steve. And we'll see you guys on Friday. See ya. Notes with Goats. Notes with Goats.